Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that were nice enough to come to my apartment to record this today because I'm feeling a little under the weather. Oh, I'm Timmy. Thanks, guys. Feel good. Those who aren't mm. in the New York area, um, it's raining today. So what Tim's saying is, when I rain, I make the twins travel to me. You're you're bugging. I I literally this is the first time you guys have come here. We've been doing this second. This is the first time. This is the first time. We did the we Thor, did the Thor Nystrom, here. which was either our most recent. Yeah, or all right, but that was <laughs> that was special circumstances. That was that was. This is the first time. Check out that episode if you haven't yet. Yeah, that Thor and Ice Jam episode was greatly in detail. Today, we're going to go completely opposite of that. Today, what we got for you is some hot takes. It's slow. It's the slow season. That's all right. That's all right. We're we're still here. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you some hot takes. For those of you who don't know what a hot take is, you might know me as the hot take kid, but what a hot take is is a very bold prediction that you don't necessarily believe is true, but you believe in kind of the uh, premise of it. For example, if I... If I think that Carson Wentz is going to be good, I'll say Carson Wentz is going to be the number one quarterback of the, of the year. Something like that, right? So we are making bold statements of what could happen if everything goes right. Not only that, we had people tweet at us, uh, at Brodo Fantasy uh, on Twitter, and we are taking their hot takes, and we're going to talk about them. So They're sending out hot takes like they hot cakes. You know what I'm saying? Man, honestly, I want I, I want to hate that, Michael, but I, it was good. I want. I really want to hate it though. You just ignored me. I do not recall you saying hot cake. All right, hot take number one. I don't know if it's a hot take, but hot cakes, aka pancakes, best breakfast food out there. Anyone who dislikes pancakes, bugging. My dad doesn't doesn't like pancakes. Not a friend. He's bugging. <laughs> With that being said, uh, we're gonna start. Yeah, and our hot takes, hot cakes, the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. Here's a hot take for you. Castaway, bad movie. Yo, what? What the dude, fuck? Jason? I literally. Yo, how do you start sat, a podcast like this, dude? Like, how do you just come to my apartment and talk slander? <laughs> I Jason's sat through that guys, thing just because. You know those movies that like don't really have a purpose, Tim. Those movies that don't really like have a purpose. They're just kind of there, just to, like make you think and things of that sort. It's weird because when Jason watches those movies, he either loves it and is like, that was really good, or he absolutely hates it, like Castaway. Like, it's one man on an island. Like, what do you expect to happen in the damn movie? Yo. But exactly. Why is it so highly esteemed? Because it's one man. Tom Hanks does an incredible performance. And it's entertaining the whole time. It's, yes. It's good. He befriends a fucking volleyball, volleyball named Wilson. Draws, like, a face on it. 127 it hours is better. Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. But see, like, he loved 127 hours, <laughs> like, with, like, epiphanies and shit. Yeah. But Castaway, he doesn't like. I liked, I liked 127 hours better. Gravity was literally 127 hours just in space. That's why I can't stand gravity. Because they literally took 127 hours, put in space. Call it gravity. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. There's an epiphany in everything. I mean, you just you just said, what was the first movie we were, we were talking about? Wilson. Castaway. Wilson. Castaway. They just took, you could say they just took Castaway and put him in a mountain. No, but I don't, I don't recall Tom Hanks <laughs> having like an epiphany and things of like that. So talking about a Castaway, different. I don't know if you guys saw the update today. Angel Pagan? Former Mets and Giants outfielder was like found at sea in Puerto Rico. Was boat capsized. 
D- alive? Yeah. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, oh shit. Yo, yo I thought alive. you were delivering me. He was terrible. a castaway, basically. Fucking I was a new- big Angel Pagan Yo, guy. Angel Pagan was actually castaway. Yeah. Yo, shout out to Angel Pagan. This wasn't even planned that we talked about castaway and Angel Pagan either. Oh. Think those two things at the same time, you think it'd be planned or something. <laughs> I'm impressed. Nah, but Angel Pagan was always one of our favorites in the Petropolis household. We we always appreciated his game. Especially when you're he brought Mets his fans. lunch pail to work. Yeah, he did. He was when great. you're Mets fans, you have terrible <laughs> options. He did he did well too. Like he would he would he would hit like two eighty, he'd hit sixteen home runs, drive in eighty, steal sixteen bases. Drive in eighty is a bit much. Driving in eighty is good. But we were he also did, big though. fans of Marlon Anderson because he was the best pinch hitter of all time. Marlon Anderson was the man. <laughs> you guys want to talk about football, let's though? About football. <laughs> I think we shall. So let's talk about football. So what we got here is the hot takes. Um, so, again, this is stuff that we don't necessarily believe is going to happen. We might be being a little bit extra, as the kids like to say. But, you know, fuck it. It's, what, May? It's about to be June. So we're going, at, we're going for like it. We- don't think it could happen. We yeah. think in best case scenario it can happen. Five percent be- chance. Right. Not not even 10%. five. I would say we believe in the premise of it. We believe that it could happen if everything yeah. goes according to plan. So we got one for every position for you. So and a couple extras. And a couple extras. So Jason, why don't we start with you since you're spinning your phone over there? Ooh. Jason, let's start with the quarterbacks. Yo, everyone's trash. Everyone's favorite positions. How do you even know? You just you didn't. I, we didn't even. <laughs> Uh, discuss any of this so what i i want to see if we have like somehow the same hot take that'd be pretty nice. there's no way yeah we usually put it in the chat what we, who we pick but we didn't even discuss any fun. of this all that right i'll go fun. first my quarterback hot take i'm looking at second year quarterbacks i'm saying sam darnold is going to end with end with a higher fantasy rank than josh allen and lamar jackson guys my quarterback hot take sam darnold's a top seven qb it's not exactly the same so I'll start with the same exact guy. I'll focus it more on the other guys. Um, simply put, I don't think that a quarterback that can't throw can succeed in the league. And I don't think that Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen can throw the ball. So as much as people want to talk about their legs, we're in a league now where seven people ran for 400, seven quarterbacks ran for 400 yards last year. It's not as um, unique, I guess, as it used to be. So you're going to need something else that separates you unless you're scoring touchdowns as well on the ground game. But that's not something I'm ever going to count on when it comes to a quarterback, unless you're talking Cam or Mike Vick. And I don't think Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen have the chops to be good passers in the NFL, which leaves Sam Darnold, who was top four in the league in true throw value at the end of last season. Uh, We all know, I've mentioned it before, Adam Gase made Ryan Tannehill a top seven quarterback in true throw value last season. I think that combination is going to be a good one. Le'Veon Bell's there to help him on some checkdowns and stuff of that sort. This is more so an indictment of Lamar Allen, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I'll let Michael talk about Sam Darnold. Uh, so first off, true throw value, if you don't know what that means, go to brotofantasy.com and check it out because it'll change your life. But yeah, sophomore QBs have had mucho success over the past few years. Carson Wentz, we saw him make a huge jump. Jared Goff went from absolute bust to stud after uh, getting Sean McVay. Mitch Trubisky uh, was very good last year as a sophomore, sophomore fantasy-wise. Still don't like him as a QB. Sorry, Tim. And Patrick Mahomes, we all saw what he did his sophomore year. He absolutely murdered the league. And now we got Sam Darnold, who, like you said, the last four weeks was top uh, was top five in true throw value. He was a uh, number one rated uh, QB in QBR, the ESPN stat, over the last five weeks. He was a top five QB in fantasy over the last four games, and he has all the tools to take that huge step up just as the other quarterbacks I named did. 
He has Le'Veon Bell now at his disposal, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, Jamison Crowder in the slot. So Sam Darnold could take a pretty large, could have a pretty big season. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Obviously, I'm a Jets fan, and obviously, you know we're Jets fans. So um, we're try- we try to be as as like clear and transparent and not biased. And I think that even without bias, you could say that Sam Darnold is going to take a big step up. And I'm surprised the people in the media, um, as of right now, I've been seeing a lot of rankings. I've been seeing a lot of people who people think they can take the next step. I'm surprised Sam Darnold is not in the conversation because of all those sophomore quarterbacks you said. And because of the fact that he finished the season off so great last year. And because of some of the throws he made last year. Some of the throws he made last year are absolutely ridiculous. Also, at the end of the year, he was using his legs. He was. And he definitely has a better arm. Accuracy wise, and Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Some of those throws, him just like running outside the pocket and just tossing it up, just landing perfectly in Chris Herndon's hands, or guys like that. It was it was tremendous. There's a there's a guy, an old friend of mine who is uh who is on his on his grind when it comes to sports reporting for particularly for the Jets and Mets. Um, his name is Justin at Recognize Rousey. He does great stuff on Sam Darnold. Uh, you check him out on Twitter. Uh, this is not a paid promotion or anything. I don't think I don't think he even knows I'm doing this. Obviously, he doesn't because I didn't know I was doing this until right now. But go check those out because then you can see how many impressive throws that Sam Darnold really made last season. For me, I don't have just one guy. Look, I'm going up balls to the wall. I'm the hot take kid. I can't just have a regular hot take. All right? I need to go crazy. That's why I hate you, kid. <laughs> the top five quarterbacks last year, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for this. The entire top five quarterbacks in fantasy this year is going to be brand spanking new. Not a single person in the top five this year will be there. And look, I know what you're thinking in your head. But Tim, but Tim, Patrick Mahomes scored the most points of any fantasy player last season. Yeah, that's true. But guess what? You don't know what's going on with Tyreek Hill. And that was his number one weapon. He was the most dangerous player on the on the field every time he stepped on the field. On top of that, no Kareem Hunt. So you have to lean on an unproven Damian Williams, uh, who we know did well in his time that he had last season. But still, we don't know if he could be a Kareem Hunt type for an entire season. That leaves you very thin at the at the skill positions. And if a guy like Travis Kelsey gets hurt, or if Sammy Watkins gets hurt, which is probably guaranteed to happen, all of a sudden, you're looking at some pretty bad weapons. So there's a real chance that Patrick Mahomes can be a better quarterback than he was last year and not touch the same production that he had last year, if that makes any sense. There's another reason why I think it's a bit crazy that people are just completely avoiding Damian Williams. We've been Damian Williams truthers basically all offseason. And it's just like... You see this team, if Tyreek Hill suspended, they have Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins. Like Sammy Watkins, like you said, he has not stayed healthy for a full season basically since ever, I don't think. Maybe his sophomore year or something like that. Or a season with the Rams, maybe. Like, how do you not take the chance on the Chiefs running back? It blows my mind. Beats me. Um, Look, another one I think that Andrew Luck is probably guaranteed to be in the top five next year. I think there's really no way, but just I just want to make it a little frisky. Let's just say he gets hurt. All right, so those are the two ways that those two guys Ouch. get kicked out. Here is the brand new top five. You guys ready for this? Number Mitchell one, Trubisky. number Some one shit. in his miraculous return to MVP form, Carson Wentz. Carson. 
Carson. I think you could get on board with that. Uh, you could see Carson Wentz becoming the number one quarterback. No, not number one. I no. see him not being, number one. I see him being like fifth. All right, you can have a Rod jump back in too. I'm assuming. No, number two. My pick for the most improved player and my uh, pick for most. You want improved. a hot take too? Yo, yo, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. I'm gonna be standing on this mountain, and you guys could try and knock me down. That's fine. I don't care. I will be proven right in the end. Mitchell Trubisky, number two. Mitchell his- Trubisky's gonna lose his job. Wow. That's a hot take. Wow. Wow. He can't throw. Michael, you need to watch more Bears football, bro. He can't throw. All right. Number three, Russell Wilson. He takes the running up a notch. Last year, he kind of forgot about it. This year, maybe sneaks five or six in, and that all of a sudden brings him in. Number four, the return of Cameron Newton. How about that, guys? Cam. You forgot about Cam, didn't you? He hurt himself last year, and he kind of disappeared. He's a fantasy monster. And number five, the Twins are going to love this one, The Bake Show, Baker Mayfield. He takes chances. They're going to throw it. He's surrounded by nothing but talent on that entire team. It's pretty nuts. Baker Mayfield, number five. So the new top five quarterbacks next year, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield. For those of you just tuning in uh, for the first time, maybe. Again, this is not our final rankings. All right? It's May, what is it, 29th today? It's May 29th. This will be released on late May 29th, early May 30th. So, look, take it for what it is, but I'm sticking with it for right now. I I'm re- I really like this list. I'm putting Mitchell Trubisky on every single team that I own this year, and I'm going to love it. Destined for last place. <laughs> I Michael, actually like Mitch as a fantasy player. I mean, Mitch. Yeah. He's I mean, Blake Bortles is a good fantasy guys, player. remember when you guys uh, laughed at me for telling you the Saints defense was going to be good? Remember when you guys laughed at me for saying Jameson Crowder is going to be something? Remember when you guys. I never, never laughed, laughed at you about you, Jameson uh, Crowder. You laughed. The Saints defense. It was our first. Sure. It was you our made first one good call. It was ever. our. What it was our. To say? No, like, it was our first ever episode, and you guys laughed at me when I said Jameson Crowder was an option. I remember no it distinctly. Way that is true. All right. Anyway, um, let's go to number two. Let's go to our running back Just hot takes. Since Michael wants to run his mouth over there, Michael, why don't you start us off? Y'all ready for this? I feel like Jason's gonna hate this, but Peyton Barber is a top twenty-four back. Oh, oh. shit! Hot, hot! It's steaming. It's out. steaming. Hear me out, all right. Tampa Bay invested absolutely zero dollars in a running back during free agency. They invested absolutely zero draft stock in a running back during the draft. Who's Peyton Barber's only real competition? Ronald Jones, who last season as a third round pick was so good that he ended with 23 carries, 44 yards and a touchdown on the season. He had 10 carries in week four, which is by far his most. And he was so bad that he stopped getting playing time again after that. And Peyton Barber completely took over. Bruce Arians is there, folks, in Tampa Bay. Last time we saw Bruce Arians in 2016, he had David Johnson putting up one of the best running back seasons of all time. And then in 27, when DJ got hurt with the ghost of Adrian Peterson, uh, Bruce Allen, not Bruce Ellington, Andre Ellington, and other like Elijah Pennies and think players of that sort, they on average per game averaged over 100 yards rushing and receiving total. So. That's over 1,600 yards from your running backs rushing and receiving despite the fact that they're a trash. Peyton Barber is not going to blow anyone's socks off, but he gets the job done. As long as he could beat out Ronald Jones, which is not a tall task for yes, a running back. Yes, it is. Man, I wish the Bucks drafted a good running back. You guys, say, you guys say there's no draft stock in the running back. They spent a number two pick on a guy out of USC. Third round pick. A number three pick, I'm sorry, on a guy out of USC that's known for catching the ball in a Bruce Arian system. I don't know how you could just disregard him like that. Because he was trash. I'm not disregarding I mean, him. This is a hot take, Tim. That's true. 
If But you want to get at me, so I'm going to get at you. If he's able to <laughs> hold off Ronald Jones. Not crazy. Which is <laughs> not that crazy to think he can hold off Ronald Jones, all right? It's really not. Then Peyton Barber is in line to beat a ridiculously great double-digit round choice as he currently is. I mean, yeah, if he gets the same amount of touches he had last year, it's bound to be better. I'm, a, I'm on the Ronald Jones train this year. I think that he's going to be underdrafted and think you're going to get a good value out of him. Jason, uh, who you thanking? All right, my running back hot take. Right now, we look at the top running backs, right? It's Barkley, Zeke, McCaffrey, according to the industry. Kamara. Kamara, Melgo, DJ, Bell. Thank you for naming all the running backs in the NFL. Appreciate that. Because a few of them are going to have to drop down a bit. Mm -hmm. And my hot take James Conner and Damian Williams will both be top five backs. Whoa. I can get on board with James Conner, but Damian Williams. Dude, was Kareem Hunt a top five back? Yes. Yeah. Was James Conner top five back when healthy last yeah. year? Yes. And really, that's all it comes down to because Damian, Damian Williams, Williams does not have competition. Damian Williams has an undrafted rookie, a sixth-round pick, and a Carlos Hyde insurance policy behind him. And then James Conner is in an offense that I don't care what any— Dude, let me get this out of the way real quick because there are morons on Twitter talking about how the Steelers brought in Jalen Samuels' college coach— so they really like Jalen Samuels. You know what they did right after they brought him in? Drafted Blake fucking Snell. Benny. Not Benny Snell. Why would they draft Benny Snell if they brought in Jalen Samuels' coach? Because they love Jalen Samuels. It's the worst take on the internet right now. Plus, Benny Snell isn't very good. Plus, Benny Snell's not good. James Conner is the workhorse back. Mike Tomlin's always had a workhorse back. Conner and D-Will, top five. I, I like it. I think it's sexy. Another guy who's who is finally becoming a workhorse, and I just love the idea of him actually becoming a workhorse again this year. Look, the industry split on this guy because you've seen him have a really, really, really good second half, and then all of a sudden, shit the bed. And then he came again and had a really, really, really good end of season, and then came and shit the bed. And, you know, it's I don't blame people for being scared away. The guy I'm talking about is Derrick Henry. The guy, the guy that I think is locked and loaded to be not only a running back one, but a high-end running back one, and here's why. Michael, you going to say something? I'm going to say I'm a little on the as, pro-Henry side at the moment. As Yeah, this is, why, this is why we always say we don't hate players despite the way we talk we about them. We hate situations. We hate ADPs. And ADPs and situations. Last year, we absolutely hated Derrick Henry. Ended up working out for the most part. People who owned him. Probably didn't make the playoffs, even though he went off during that time. This year, Derrick Henry's ADP might be pretty much in line with what I expect him to do. If he gets the workload that he got the second half last year, then might have to take the shot. I mean, there's nothing that says no. That look, Matt Lafleur left, but they they went in organization and hired up their uh, their assistant tight ends coach, Arthur Smith, has been. Uh, named the offensive coordinator. So you suspect that he's in the Matt Floor system and he's going to run the Matt LaFleur uh, schemes. Look, I think they were he was being criminally misused in the beginning of his career. A little bit about Derrick Henry. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a Derrick Henry history lesson today. Derrick Henry had the most yards in the history of high school football. Yes, you heard me right. Derrick Henry had the most yards in the history of high school football. During his, college, during his high school career, he averaged... 200, nearly 250 yards a game, 242 yards, and three touchdowns a game. The dude is giant. The dude's 6'3", so you look at him and you expect him to be a bruiser. He's not that. He's agile. He's quick. He makes quick cuts. 
when you get him in space, that's when his stiff arm is so deadly. And you started to see him doing that a little bit like he did in Alabama after he won the Heisman Trophy. You saw him getting back to that. Last year, before the Week 14 monster game that he had, he was really down in his luck. And he called up Eddie George, uh, the former Titans running back. And Eddie George says, you better run like your career depends on it because it does. And he says that that set off some kind of light inside of him. All of a sudden, he felt like the back that he used to be. He felt free to be the person that he is. And you see it. His one cuts bust to the outside. He would never do that. He was kind of a shuffle in the backfield type of thing. Now it's one cut burst, one cut burst. If he's got nothing in the middle, he's not afraid to bust to the outside. Two years ago, he was faster than Tariq. Tariq Hill on a straight run. He had the fastest run in the league two years ago. That's how fast Derrick Henry can be. He is more than just a bruising back. He doesn't run low. He doesn't run with his shoulders parallel. He is a a like 5'9 back trapped in a 6'3 body. And he could do a lot with that because of how long his arms how long his arms are and how much space he can cover with his long legs. So Derrick Henry, because of all those things, I think that he's finally putting things together. I think that he's finally in a situation where they're going to use him right. Last year, you saw that after he had that big game, they gave him 33 carries the next week against the Giants. Uh, he got 94 yards against the Redskins with a touchdown. Like, Der- It's Derrick Henry's time. And I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be throwing the ball all over the place and slinging it around. So I think Derrick Henry is a bona fide high-end RB1. Let me remind you guys, I did this in a... A few episodes ago, good twin, bad twin. We're going to remind you guys of Arthur Smith's bio because not really anyone knows who he Nobody really knows who he is. He started as a defensive quality control coach for the Redskins, then interned at Ole Miss as a defensive assistant, then became a defensive quality control coach for the Titans, then he became an offensive line and tight end coach, and then he became the assistant tight ends coach, and then he's been the tight end coach, and then he was promoted to offense coordinator. Sounds like a guy who's going to run the ball. Yeah, it does. Sounds like a guy who wants to run it. Tight ends. I don't know about high-end RB1 if he's not more involved in the passing game, but I could see him being an RB1. All right, so let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver, we've got some interesting ones here. Well, I don't know what you guys have. I have an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to start this one since you guys started the last one. You know what? No, I'm not because I'm going to. this is going to be me talking for 10 straight minutes on the podcast. Uh, that might go. go. Yeah. Because it's easy. It's Juju, folks. I said it a million times. He's going 100, 1,610. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous, and it's going to happen. I spoke about this in the past. Antonio Brown has been a top five wide receiver every season since 2013, including multiple wide receiver one finishes. Guess what, folks? Juju is the new number one there. And Antonio Brown averaged 1,524 and 11 touchdowns in his tenure as the number one in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And last season, Juju put up 1,400 yards, had 111 receptions, and seven touchdowns. So all we're really asking this guy to do is add 175 yards and three touchdowns. And receptions could even decrease by 11, and he's still going to reach that three-way threshold. He was 22-year-old sophomore last season. There's so much up for grabs now with Antonio Brown gone and Pitt. I think it's a joke that people think, oh, now Juju's going to get doubled and things like that. No, it's Pittsburgh offense always works. Ben Otsberger always has a bona fide number one. It's Juju, 100-1610, book it. Juju's not going to get the Antonio Brown treatment because he's not going to play the same position Antonio Brown did. He's going to come out of the slot. I wouldn't be surprised even if he does move to the outside more, but he's a beast. Yeah, they got they got two out guys, outside guys. They got Moncrief and they got Washington. They're, they're going to play him in the slot, and he's going to be a beast because he's going to be even more targeted in the slot. 
There's really no downfall to Antonio Brown leaving besides more space. Uh, Jason, what's your hot take for the wide receivers? Hot take, hot cake. Get him on the hat. My hot take for the wide receivers, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, Tennessee tight end teammates, neither of them will be in the top 36 wide receivers. Uh, Interesting. Jason, what about Adam Humphrey? Jason, did Corey Davis fuck your girlfriend or something? There will not be a tight end wide receiver in the top 36. I think Corey Davis fucked Jason's girlfriend. What Corey Davis is doing is (laughs) fucking everyone's girlfriend, apparently. (laughs) Well, no, that's the complete wrong thing because people like him, so that wouldn't get them to like him. Anyway. Right. I just see so much Corey Davis hype and love, and I can't stand it because he had so many targets. And listen, he's the reason why True Throw Valley was invented, and a Marcus Mariota target isn't worth that much. And I don't think that he's good enough to make up for his struggles. He's not a DeAndre Hopkins who's going to kill it with a Tom Savage. At least his ADP is closer to what it should be this season. Yeah, finally. And now with A.J. Brown joining them, he's going to see some more targets. I think that... Adam Humphreys going to get more work in the slot. I think that his targets mate, Delaney Walker, is going to be back. It wouldn't be surprising if his targets decreased. And I don't expect to see a jump in production with a, f- a lot less targets from the same quarterback. It would be interesting with Tannehill, though. We saw that he could be very efficient. Maybe it was just the Adam Gase offense, but if Tannehill actually is an efficient QB, maybe that does help Corey Davis. Perhaps. But I'm going off the stump right now that Mariota is oh, yeah. a quarterback. And I don't think any tight ends wide receiver is going to be top 36. I, I have a, be that surprised. I have a more upbeat take than Jason. You're going with the low. I'm going with the high. I'm going high. I love a second-year wide receiver. I love him. I His name's there. Anthony this Miller. Oh. And this is going – and this is – Those would be DJ Moore. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love Anthony Miller, and I'll tell you why. Because the dude knows how to get open. I think Anthony Miller is going to be a wide receiver too this year, and here's why. Look. When he was in Memphis, he walked on and became an All-American. He led the nations in TDs the year he got drafted, third in yards, right? Last year, he had seven TDs. That's not a fluke. He gets open better than most people do. Matt Harmon, who does reception perception, which he, he goes into every single catch a wide receiver makes. For most of the season, Anthony Miller was the most wide-open wide receiver in the league. And in the beginning of the year, he missed a lot of really good opportunities because Mitch Trubisky really struggled in the beginning of the year making deep throws. And that's something that definitely Trubisky struggled, huh? That's something that definitely got better as the year went on. And you saw the production in Anthony Miller get better as that went on. He does this shimmy shake. And I was I was watching it, it's every single time. And he go he, you know when the, those guys at the park that come up to you and you don't know which way they're going, they they do the basketball pa 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 and you don't know which way they're gonna go. He does that every single time. And it keeps, he's so quick that it really keeps people on their toes. And when he doesn't do it, he gets open vertically. And you could see him lose the shit out of these defenders just by shaking them like that. And it's the, it's constant, it's constant, it's constant. It happens all the time, all the time, all the time. Now he does lose concentration every once in a while. And he does, he does make some stupid decisions, but he's, he has the ability to make big catches. You already see his presence in the red zone. That's because he can get open in tight spaces. And you see Trubisky likes throwing him to the, Throwing to him in the red zone. Seven touchdowns last year. Only just over 400 yards, but again, left a lot of yards on the table last year. If he had a rookie season of like 660 yards and seven or eight touchdowns, which he could have had a, uh, which he had an opportunity to catch two more touchdowns that Trubisky missed him on, or nine touchdowns, 660 and nine touchdowns, or 808 touchdowns, something like that, 
that's a rookie that all of a sudden you're like, wow. He just missed those things. So I think Anthony Miller is in line to make a giant leap this season along with Mitch Trubisky's improvement. So I think that uh, Anthony Miller. I'm not a big Trubisky guy, obviously. So I don't know about the Anthony Miller love here, kid, but Anthony Miller is a talented guy, so I wouldn't be super surprised. Oh, dude, Michael actually likes one of my takes. Um, ah. Seven touch. I, I lukewarm it. <laughs> <laughs> I lukewarm. You know, route running is an underrated part of getting open in the end zone. People always assume they're going to get jump balls. That's not what it is. Yeah, you're like 6'5", you're going to score touchdowns. It's quickness. Quickness is a big reason why people score touchdowns. And that's Doug why Baldwin I don't think... had a 14-touchdown season. Right. And that's why I don't think that your take about um, about Juju having 10 touchdowns is as ridiculous as some people may say. We've even had people on the show say that it's ridiculous. I think they're, I think they're talking more about the 1,600 part. Than the 10 touchdowns. I think the 1600 part is more doable than the 10 touchdowns. Really? Yeah. You're talking about a you're talking about a Pittsburgh offense that loves to throw. This is crazy to me at all. This is why I win leagues. Truth. Um, Tight ends. The last of the best positions. I'm gonna go first on tight end actually because I just want to get this out there because I'm gonna say all of them. Go for it. Go guys. If you know me and if you've been listening to me for the last three years that we've been bringing you this content, you know. That I don't think tight end should even be in the leagues. Hashtag no tight end spot. I, I think flex. we should have double flexes. And I think we should have double flex and a tight end spot. And no kicker. It makes me it makes me crazy that I have to play this tight end that wouldn't even be a running a, a wide receiver five. Jeff Hewerman. Why? Why must I play them? Why can't I have another position? Well, my hot take is, ladies and gentlemen, this year's a little different. Listen to these top twelve. Uh, tight ends. The year and this, of the tight end hashtag? It's possible. Listen to this. Travis Kelsey. Right now, this is the Yahoo rankings where they got him. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook, whoa, whoa, whoa. David Njoku, Delaney Walker, Chris Herndon, and Trey Burton. I want all those players, There's and no that's Jordan not Jordan Reed. That's, that's not no even Greg Olson. No Greg Olson. No Jordan Vance Reed. Refrigeration. No Vance McDonald. No Kyle Rudolph, who was the sixth ranked t- tight end coming into the year last year. Uh, no Austin Hooper, who people forget he's a young kid who showed a lot of no potential. Jack Doyle. No Jack Doyle up there. You got Eric Ebron. Though. The year of the tight end, huh? This might be the year of the tight end, and I really think that this is a year where I'm going to want to own a tight end. Like I think, and that I don't have to reach for a tight end in the third round. Like I can get Hunter Henry in the sixth round. I can get Eric Ebron in the sixth round. Later, like, I also think Dallas even Goddard maybe later can be sneaky this season, despite being Ooh. behind Zach Ertz. If he plays more often, I think he could really have an impact. Sneaker, <laughs> sneaker. Sneaky, sneakers, sneakers, sneaky, sneakers. All right, I'll go. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky is a strange word. Sneaky is a strange word. You know what else is? Flamingo, jungle. Jungle makes no sense if you say it like ten, ten times. <laughs> jungle, jungle. Say, say jungle, jungle ten times jungle, loses jungle, all meaning. Jungle, 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 I mean, jungle. jungle. Any, it's just words. Anyways. It's just if you're letters. listening, try saying toy boat ten times fast. Nah, it's no, impossible. No, no, no. Can't do it. That's the classic right. one. All right, right, now we got to do it though. Ready, Jason? You go first. Toy no, boat, no, toy boat. Don't. I can't even do it once. All right, toy boat, toy boat, toy <laughs> 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 boat. <laughs> All right, come on, go, Jason. Right. <laughs> Jason. Tight end, hot so takes. So while you guys are talking about the year of the tight end, I'm gonna say uh, sneaky, sneaky year of the tight end. Travis Kelsey will be the only tight end that's in that like wide receiver one group. So you know how like a lot of tight ends were. No Ertz or Kittle, like in the wide receiver one range. Like we basically say they're basically wide receiver ones. I think Travis Kelsey's gonna be the only one this year. Why I no mean, Ertz or Kittle? 
That's about it. I think the that Dallas Goddard. There's a lot of good tight ends that John Timmy just listed, but I don't see any of them becoming like first, second round pick people. And then I think that Kittle and Ertz are a little more up in the air. Ertz saw his targets per game increase by two last season. If it drops back down to like seven and a half, he's gonna have trouble replicating. And if you look at the team, they added Orsega Whiteside, they added Djax, they added uh they want to use Dallas Goddard more. So it's very reasonable to think that Ertz Ertz's receptions are gonna decrease. And they also have a new quarterback. Foles was basically thrown to him all year last year. And then it's the same thing with George Kittle. Uh, he had a nice connection with Garoppolo, but his best games came when Garoppolo wasn't there. And the 49ers added Debo Samuel and other players around him. And uh, they have a three-headed running attack that they're probably going to want to use more often. George Kittle was the king of the yak last year. If he's a little less efficient with his yak, then his number's going to drop a bit. I think that Travis Kelsey is the only super safe high tight end one right now. I feel that. You know what I think? I do know. I do. I do want to know what you think, Michael. My you're you're my brother, and I value your opinion. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> I wish I could say the same. Yeah, you're not. I'm not mean to you. Like you're mean to me. Piece of shit. Eric Ebron <laughs> does not end as a tight end one, and actually ends lower than his fellow counterpart, Jack Doyle. I like it. I like it a lot. Prior to last season, Eric Ebron. This is the this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Prior to last season, Eric Ebron was a bust. What? Right. And then last season, he set. Career highs across the board, 66 receptions, 750 yards, most importantly, 13 touchdowns. Well, Doyle is healthy again, folks. And don't forget, in 2017, Jack Doyle caught 80 balls for 690 yards and four touchdowns. So the yards per reception weren't really up there, but he was highly involved uh, across the middle. Last season, he only played in six games. In those six games, he averaged around 40 yards a game, but he was mostly hurt last season. It was It was a very... Forgettable season for Jack Doyle. In those six games where Jack Doyle played, though, Eric Ebron, he had seven touchdowns in those six games, so the touchdown potential was still there. But he only averaged three receptions per game and 38 yards, which is nothing to write home about at all. Three for 38 from a tight end, really. Devin Funches is an indie now. If they decide to use his size near the in the in the red zone, if they decide to get away from using Eric Ebron more in the red zone, Eric Ebron... Might not live anywhere up to the hype. I don't it know. Could be well, Doyle a, rules. It could be a one-year wonder for Eric Ebron. I don't know why you take a guy with the talent and uniqueness that Tell Eric Ebron black. has and not play him over Jack Doyle. But I Jack guess. Doyle's good. Doyle's a trucker. Me and Jason got two more each for you. Oh, fancy. So why don't you go? I, I don't have any these more. Are, I'm these out. These are my uh, flexy, sexy... Super extreme atomic hot wing mango habanero mm. buffalo wild wing mm. buffalo wild wing mm. takes. Should I say both? Chili ghost peppers. I'll give both. Two very hot ones. One. Daryl Henderson will end with more fantasy points than Joe Mixon. Well, all right. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's one. Two. Deontay Foreman will be a free agent at some point this year. In the NFL? In the NFL. Yo, you guys and you're and you were hating Deontay Foreman. I don't Enough. get it. He's never done anything to show he's a good running back besides break his Achilles. And that Except, wasn't showing his good running back. First of all, you don't break an Achilles, you tear it. Oh my goodness. Second of all science. It's true. Second of all, he played well when he played. He didn't have an opportunity. He, he, he the guy in front of him was Lamar Miller. 
You want to talk about opportunity? The best opportunity the player can get is having Lamar Miller in front of him. And he did nothing with it. Because he was injured. What the fuck? Oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to laugh at you guys when he's a free agent and I Henderson's see so many people on, on mixing. So many people on Twitter with Deontay Foreman, too, man. Just get over it. It's never going to happen. You he guys even go here. Yo, I'm going <laughs> to. Stop making fetches. How about this? All right, all right. Michael, you ready for this? Sure. Let's make a bet. Dante Foreman. Hmm. We already won the Jordy bet. Nelson bet. Remember that? Yeah. What bet? Jordy Nelson. Nelson would be a top like forty-five <laughs> wide receiver. Y'all on the couch. And then you retired. I mean, you couch, didn't win kid. yet. He still he didn't retire yet. But whatever. What's the, what's this? What's this one? Hmm. How about this? It was my hot take. Why are you doing it with Michael? I want in. All right, fine. You're definitely gonna want in if you think he's gonna be a free agent. Dante Foreman, top fifty running back this year. Top fifty. I mean, sure. Fifty is so like. I mean, it's a top quality you backup. Could go like four hundred yards and you three could touchdowns. score one touchdown and be a top. 50 it's a top. Back. It's a top quality backup. That's not a top. Top quality. Oh, backup. I'm talking top about 24? like to the actual starters Dude, in the that's league. Past, that's like running back four. I like keep it higher than that. Right, running back four. You'll be a running back crazy. four. Why is fifty crazy? You think he's gonna be a free agent? It's a hot take. Whatever, I'll take it. I'll do it. He could score three touchdowns and be running back yo, fifty. Jason. Yo, now I'm curious. Are you gonna let Michael just man up on you like that? I'm doing it. I'll put my name down. All right, All right cool. Let's do it. So those are just ha ha, one win for Tim. Down after I say my hot takes, guys. Guess how old Dante Moncrief is? He's young. Guess yeah. how old he is? He's young. Twenty six. He's twenty five. Yeah. yeah. He's been in the league for four years already. He's actually gonna be twenty six when the season starts. University of Florida, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken. Let I me. I'll check it. Collins, you do your thing. We've seen him show flashes in the past. He can't stay healthy, which is a problem. But last year, first year since his Andrew Luck days where he was able to play all 16 games, had a solid season for the absolutely terrible Jacksonville Jaguars. And now he goes to Pittsburgh, man. And I think this is one of the most underrated signings in the offseason. I think people are sleeping on Dante Moncrief way too much. If he's the mainstay on the outside and not James Washington... He'll be in for a huge season, and it'll be an absolute steal on draft day. I think Moncrief goes for at least 800 yards and reaches double-digit touchdowns. He played for Ole Miss, so that was nowhere close. So there you go. Dante Moncrief, 800 yards, double-digit touchdowns. Write it down. I like Dante Moncrief and James Washington this year. I think I think they're both be fancy viable. I like Moncrief a little more than I like Washington. And then my final hot take, every single rookie being drafted in the top 10 rounds, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Nikhil Harry, no offense, anyone being drafted in the top 10 rounds is not going to match their ADP. It's not going to be worth it. Every single rookie is going to be a bad pick. Even uh, based on ADP. Uh, Josh Jacobs? Yes. Nicole Hardman? Yes. Nikhil Harry? Yes. I'll tell you what, I don't want any. Alexander Graham Bell? I don't want any rookie wide receivers on my team. He's not going to reach my telephone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any rookie wide receivers on my team before week six. It's just historically. Nikhil Harry was the only one I I didn't like writing this about because I'm a big Nikhil Harry guy. But yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it. if he gets the the trust. I don't know. It's 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 tough to build all that trust with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick right off the bat. Yeah, but you must get the trust. I think best case scenario, he lives up to his ADP. All right, guys, it's time. Forget my hot takes. Forget our hot takes. It's time to read the hot takes of the people, the Brodos, the Brodo people. All right, so we got some really good ones here. We got some really, really good ones. We got two people that have the same one. Um, first one 
uh, we'll go with because they didn't really follow the rules exactly is uh, King Kickback, uh, a fan that we've, you know, good fan of ours that we appreciate it. He says Steelers win the AFC North. I don't think you got the the point of this one, guy. We are uh, – this is fantasy. Uh, so – And I wouldn't say the Steelers winning a division is really a hot take. They win their division pretty often. It's kind of a hot take. But well, I mean, with the Ravens and Browns now, believe it or not. But, but be Vic 22 – Holla, you're still the man. All right, so uh, Ethan Rohrer uh, says Todd Gurley busts as a first-round pick. Now, Jason, you said Daryl Henderson is going to have more uh, rushing yards. I mean, more fantasy points than Joe Mixon. So you're probably on board with this one in terms of a hot take. Uh, I don't even I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I, I like already said I think the, it's going to be like a Melgo Eckler connection. I think anybody who's talking about Todd Gurley at this point in time, and there's a lot of people spending hours talking about Todd Gurley, don't even read it or don't even look at it. There's literally nothing you could do about Todd Gurley right now. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> Casanova and Michael Eastman both say that Murray's a top five quarterback at the, at the end of the year. Nope. Um, I'm sorry. No. Go home. Casanova said Mahomes. You're drunk. Bad. Well, Casanova said Mahomes the number one quarterback. He repeats. Uh, and then we got Kyler Murray as the number two quarterback. So what are your thoughts on these two quarterback hot takes? Like I said for Kyler Murray, go home. You're drunk. <laughs> I already mentioned how the Russian quarterback isn't as rare as people think it is nowadays. And if that's all he has going for him with a rookie coach who couldn't even succeed on the college level, I'm buying it. Our top five, top schmive. Yeah, when was the last time we saw a rookie QB and the top five yeah, QB? It doesn't happen. Baker Mayfield was one of the best rookies ever last year. He ended like 12th. Yeah, and he had the opportunity to do it. And it's not like he missed mad games. He missed... Two games. Two games. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. So, I mean, it'll be really hard for him to get up there in that top five. Um, DJ X Ruckus says, DJ, is he talking about himself, maybe? David Johnson. DJ, yeah, David Johnson, obviously. David Johnson will end the season as the fantasy number one or number two. Steaming. Back to the DJ lifestyle. I like it. I like it, too. I I mean. see it. They're going to open up that offense. Last year, he had more rushes in between the tackles than any other player in the league. That's not how he should be used. I don't, and he still played well. And he was barring, also a 10th running back. He's, he's a safe pick. Barring injury, I don't see how he passes Barkley, Elliott, or even really Kamara. I'm but. down on Barkley this year, man. Do you know how they think he's going to beat him? Because the box is going to be completely jam-packed every single game. So he'll catch 12 screen passes. He, he'll be fine. I mean, for, but for a number one guy... I think we've seen a lot of... Who is the most consistent player in the league last year? A little bit of preview, guys. If nothing changes, if everything stays the same, which is almost impossible, my number one overall player in this year's draft is going to be Alvin Kamara. And I'm going to be extremely, extremely happy. I love me some Alvin. Kamara was like the best player ever when Ingram was suspended. Yes, and there's no reason why to to think that he won't be the same. Um, Remember last season when we would argue over the fact that I thought Alvin Kamara should go fifth overall and you guys didn't want that? Yeah, I thought he had the highest bust potential of anyone. Well, he's coming off a rookie season. I was cool with it. I just like Melgo. I stand, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Uh, you know, it's not like I didn't like the talent. I actually, if you listen to VM two years ago, he was actually my sleeper pick in the later rounds when we did a when we did a mock draft because I liked his talent so much coming out of Tennessee. But because um, the reason he went so low is probably because it always looks like he's not trying. Did us. No matter what, when you watch him, it looks like he's doing it so effortlessly. It's nuts. 
Uh, Josh Alvarez says, oh, he's got a hot take. We know he's a Cowboy fan. Josh is a, has been a fan for a long time. Uh, also a Cowboy fan. Dak and Zeke both end up top five in their positions. I think Zeke is a So basically shoo-in. Dak ends up top five. Dak. Dak ends up top five. It I is mean, a contract year. If there's a, if there's a year to take a chance on Dak, it's this one. He was good with Dak Nooper. Dak has been a QB1. Like that. I said Nooper. Hey. Dak has been a QB1. Each of the last three seasons. He was actually QB1 his rookie season, so there's Dak. I think he was number 11. And then he was the number four QB after he got Cooper last season. So I do think he's being slept on a bit. Jason? I don't think it's crazy. Uh, a little, but that's why it's a hot take. AWL Sabermetrics says that Latavius Murray completely fills the role of, of Mark Ingram nah. and is being criminally underdrafted ADP-wise. Nah. I'm, I'm nah. way against this one. Nah. We Way are, against this one. We think he's being criminally overdrafted. It's facts. We're anti-Lat Murray folks. You know what it is? <laughs> is the reason why Mark Ingram was so dangerous is because when when him and Kamara uh, kind of switched off, you didn't know what was coming. They both had the skill set of running and pass. Catching. Right. They both had similar skill sets, although Kamara's actual skill was superior, right? So I think that that is not the same thing with Latavius Murray. Now, will Latavius Murray get a couple more touchdowns? Probably because he'll probably be the goal linebacker. But at the same time, uh, in order to fill the shoes of Mark Ingram, you're talking about a guy who in his two full seasons uh, had over 100 catches. And we saw that how terribly that one-dimensional AP Saints offense was for that game or two that Facts. he was there. Facts. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big Murray guy at all this season. Uh, Bick says, Mike Williams finishes the season with more fantasy points than Keenan Allen without an Allen injury. Michael, that's a hot take. This guy, this guy, we know this guy pretty well nowadays. He likes to joke around with us about Corey Davis. This might be even worse. All his Corey Davis jokes about how great Corey Davis is. You can't see a scenario where Keenan Allen goes. I can't see a scenario where Mike Williams outscores Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen goes. Keenan Allen stays healthy. No. Keenan Allen goes a hundred, eleven hundred and five, whereas Mike Williams goes seventy. 915? Nope. I cannot. Here's here's what I'll say. It's going to be hard for him to outscore Keenan Allen because of the rapport that Keenan Allen and Phillip Rivers have. But I think that he's not outlandish. I think Mike Allen, Mike Williams is going to be a, a really good player this year. Mike Allen sounds like a super like white accountant guy. Yeah, hey, Mike Allen. Mike Allen. Mike Allen, here to do the numbers for Mike Williams. Uh, let me balance your checkbook, buddy. I mean, if this does happen, props to him, but I I ain't there. That ain't it, Chief. I mean, I, I like it. I I like Mike Williams a lot this year. Look, there's nothing not to like. I called him exactly having 10 touchdowns, by the way. How about that take? And you called me crazy, you guy. Well, I just said Tyrell Williams outscore him. All those damn touchdowns gave him the, the That's right. Edge. That's right. <laughs> Ha-ha. And you made, me, you made me concede, like, defeat in, like, week nine, too. Right. Can't believe I did that. Well, we got Hunter Henry back this season too. So, well, those are some good hot takes. Thank you so much for uh, getting that. We want to hear from you guys. Um, we are growing in followers every day, and we really appreciate it. BrotoFantasy.com if you want to follow us. Uh, also, follow us on our personals. We um, not only give you some insight on fantasy sports, but we also, you know, you just get to see kind of our lives, and we get to see your lives. And a lot of relationships have been forged over this internet, over this world wide web. 
uh, through this podcast. So we're really fortunate and we're really thankful for those friendships before. And we'd like you to be part of that friendship. So please follow us at BrotoFantasy.com. I mean, at BrotoFantasy, sorry, or BrotoFantasy.com or BrotoFF.com. We got we everywhere. Check out those true values. A stat invented by the one, the only, the Megamind himself, Jason, uh, to give a number to the amount of value a quarterback's throw has and the amount of value a catch uh, has. This is the secret formula, people, because as you know, the saying is opportunity is king in fantasy. But we're going to switch on his head. Jason contends that efficiency is king. I contend that high efficiency plus high volume is king. Uh, Michael contends that um, King Joffrey is still the true king. Of Westeros. Never. <laughs> Michael. I contend that Juju is king. <laughs> Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? Jason Patrop. At. That's it? No at? Jason Patrop. You're just, you're just special. You got the one Twitter name without an at? at either. You don't need to at me anymore. Oh, shit. Jason. I'm breaking rules. Man. The one you, and only Megamind. Can you get us a verified <laughs> check? That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, so support us. Support the show. We love you guys. We'll we'll talk to you where next time. Where find you, Tim, for crying out loud? Oh, I didn't say it yet? Well, they can only find me if they're Today feeling real, sneaky. real, 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 freaking naughty, real, real, frisky at Timpatrop on all social media outlets. You already know. Also follow at Veterans Minimum for your general sports needs. And with that, we out. Later. Later.